Megadad's Checkpoint is a mature rated podcast for mega grown-ups only. Seriously, we talk about shaving our bald heads like two minutes into the show. This episode of Megadad's Checkpoint is brought to you by Yellow Bile, the official humor of Megadads.org. Hey everyone, it's Megadad's Checkpoint, the monthly check-in where myself and one or two of my friends, or at least one or two people I know, they may not always be my friends, join me to talk about the world of video games and just check in on, on what they're doing and what the world of video games is doing. Once again, I am joined by a man who, the resemblance to Kratos is remarkable, and I didn't realize it until he recently took off his shirt in my presence. The one and only Birdo. How's it going, sir? There's a lot of context that need to be described here in that sentence. I don't. I disagree. Uh, I disagree mightily. Look, we don't normally go on video, but the Thanksgiving special, we wanted to be on video. And and the cameras, well, the recording was done. And I think Tony started it. And I was like, I'm not going to let Tony be the only one with his nipples out. So I, you know... But my nipples out, and I only look like Kratos because I'm, I'm I just happen to have no hair in my head. Uh, I'm too stubborn to shave my beard, and I recently started going back to the gym. So it's not like I'm in shape and I can decapitate demons or you know gods or whatever. I just have a vague resemblance to an angry bald man with a beard. So you know, it's a good beard though. But I mean, really, good. really, what it does, it really, I didn't even realize the uh, the physique when I made the original comparison. It's really all the beard. Oh, well, in and, that case, yeah, I'm a fat piece of shit. And, no, and, and, I, as, and as, as someone that grows facial hair like a 13-year-old girl, it's uh, it's not uh, – I, I admire anyone that can grow a beard, much like our guest, uh, who is also well-bearded and and just well-coiffed well in general. He's got a good head of hair. Not that that matters on well an audio quaffed. show. Yeah, there you go. Nice. There's your there's your SAT word for the day. Uh, we've got the great Charlie McCarran on the show. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Evan. Uh, it's nice to be here. And <laughs> you, you seem a little concerned. Compliment. You seem you seem concerned now. You feel like you've made You're a bad choice. You're the only one out of the three of us, Charlie, with a full head of hair. So we're both <laughs> we're both a little envious uh, at the the well coiffed nature of your your head. Oh well. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. Sentence. We'll see how long it lasts. You never know. You never know. You never know. Listen, uh, what, what I'll tell you, what I'll tell you, is the same thing I tell everybody. Once it starts to go, when, when, however long you're, and you may, you may be seventy before it starts to go. Right? Some men are just very genetically lucky in that, in that regards. But if you're not lucky, if you're like me, I started going bald in my early, in my early twenties, like 24, 25. Um, and I, I blame my deployment entirely uh, and, and my first wife. Um, but once it started going, I, I, sh- I shaved my head and never looked back. And that's, you know, 10, 12, many, many years ago at this point. And I've just, it'll grow back if I let it, but there's that horseshoe thing going. And I just refuse to deal with that. So I just shave it. So when it starts to go, enjoy it while you have it. Mm-hmm. But but when when your body says, we're done making you look so good, do you have to do this on your own now? Just let it go. Shave it off. Do you have to do some waxing? Or I don't know how that works. I have to <laughs> shave. So what happens is I'll, I'll shave my head. 
and I'll, I'll I'll straight razor it down to to the, to the scalp and, and try not to you know slice an artery in my in my skull. Um, and then if I am smart, if I remember, I have an electric razor, electric shaver, and I'll just go over you know my head in little little you know concentric circles or whatever, and I can keep it from and I and I don't have to shave it because shaving your head like from start to finish, it's a process, it's tedious, it can be painful, nicks and scrapes and whatnot, and your skull will bleed a lot. Um, but what often happens is I forget to do it for, for longer than maybe two days. And by, by two days, it's now too long for me to use the electric razor to trim back down. And then I just say, fuck it. And I forget. And then I just wait two, three weeks. And then I just shave it again. You know, I get the electric trimmers out and I actually buzz it down and then shave it again. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like right now, I'm, I'm boarding on, if I don't shave it before I have to travel, tomorrow to my parents' house for, for, for Thanksgiving uh, this weekend. If I don't shave it, then I'm going to be stuck waiting another week before it's long enough for me to hit with the, with the trimmers. And then it's just a, it's just a hassle. So I, I would love for it to fall out, like just completely, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, but I think I'm, I'm still too young for that. It, it, isn't, it isn't ready to do that just, just yet, unfortunately. I like how last episode we started it talking about the weather, and now we're talking about shaving our head and grooming tips we are old men if, evan i was just Listen, gonna say if, if we if we have not but we are our, old men if we have not earned our place <laughs> on megadads.org i think i think the last two shows have have done so but theoretically this is a, a video game podcast so we're going to talk about some video games here and charlie in the long-standing tradition of the show we always try to get people much more talented than us as guests so you are you are I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say an emmy winning composer uh is that well true? that that's nice for you to think but uh emmy nominated and it wasn't me as the composer but um i worked on a short film that was nominated for an emmy that's so awesome. so an emmy emmy winning composer no, yeah multi- multiple you can just edit out that nominated. last part <laughs> I, I don't think you're allowed to <laughs> winning if you don't that's like i don't know i don't think you're allowed to do that i I wish you well, and then you're, I hope you get nominated again and win. Thanks. Thanks. You, no, you're welcome. You are also you're also a game design professor, in addition to yeah. all of the other things. Although it's more on the board game side, but you've you've, I think a lot of there, there's a lot of crossover there, especially in the last few years as board games are taking cues from video games and vice versa. Uh, in in how that uh, does, so you're you're a, you're an actual professor. Yes. Uh, do, this do you just get the, up. do you get the jacket with the this... the, the leather uh, tr- uh, elbow patches? Do they issue that <laughs> to you? I should, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got a ways to go. I th- I just got hired at UW Stout this semester, and yeah, I'm teaching the Intro to Game Design class, which is. For video game majors, mostly, um, they have like 500 video game majors at the school. And in their first year, though, they, they don't really know a ton of code yet. So we're just teaching them how to make fun games out of like paper prototypes and make board games. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of crossover. I think one of my favorite things about uh, the what I for me, uh, the recent crossover, the explosion I've seen is the 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 digitization of board games of and of really really good board games i don't mean like the monopolies and stuff like that but i'm thinking like like gloomhaven 
right? Is now yeah now the the this digital version. And I, I haven't played it. I don't know if the digital version is as good as the tabletop. I, I'm sure it's probably not as good because what makes some of those games so great is your your own personal interpretation of things. But the 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 the, the that crossover of heart, physical board games, tabletop games, and in that digital space is actually super kind of wonderful. And and I'm 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 definitely here for it. And Gloomhaven too is one that's like. Uh... It actually would be helpful to have a digital version because, <laughs> it, for one, we already use like apps to control the enemies because otherwise it's a little annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you miss out on some stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, I was someone in my class was saying that uh, the Gloomhaven app was like uh, free on Steam for their like featured games uh, for a week or so. Oh, see, that makes me upset cool. if I missed it. <laughs> a few a few weeks a few weeks ago, yeah, they were. I've not played the digital version, but I've played like two thirds of the 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 board game version. And yes, that is, and that's another thing altogether. In that there's so much kind of stuff going on that yeah, there there's there's the fully digital version uh, that you can play on Steam, but you can also like when I was playing the board game version it was app run it takes up so much of the table if you can eliminate a lot of that by moving that onto an app uh, i think that's another interesting thing and it felt like for a while there there that was going to be the new thing in board games was we're going to have app assisted or things like that and it was like there was a handful of games that did it and and to, to differing degrees of success and now it now i don't know kind of where that's at but i think that's an interesting kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Synthesis is not exactly the right word. Mr. Professor, tell me, tell me which word I'm thinking of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that makes sense what you're saying. And the, the other thing I was thinking too is like, yeah, there's digitation, digitization of board games, but now I'm seeing ads for like Slay the Spire, the board game, mm-hmm. and Elden Ring, the board game. So yeah, they're obviously seeing, I, maybe it's because I'm a board game guy and that's the ads I'm getting fed, but... <laughs> I don't know. But you're right. You're right. All those, you know, I think all the From Software games have been converted into board game form at this point. And, you know, all the Souls games and all those. And there's a lot of those. And and so, like, Slay the Spire is such a goofy example because it's basically a card game already. Right. <laughs> and so they just moved it into real world. It's it's very confusing. There's video games and board games have become such kissing cousins. It's it's kind of amusing to watch. <laughs> Which is a weird sentence in and of itself. We're going to start with the big question that we always do on this show. And we're already 13 minutes into it, but, you know, that works. I don't know exactly when this is going to come out. So it's either going to be right before Thanksgiving or probably a little bit after. Everyone has got those family recipes that only make their appearance at Thanksgiving or or holidays in general. And I want to go around the table and I want people to... You don't have to go into great detail, but, like, what what are what are those... Things that only your family makes or you only get right around this time of year that you look, even if you don't even look forward to it. I was going to say that you look forward to because mine's a look forward to. But, you know, some people just have those family dishes that for some reason people just keep making it. So we're going to start with Birdo on this one. You're going to be really disappointed in me. Uh, so is everybody else. Um, I don't have one. We don't do anything fancy or 
Uh, I, I would I wouldn't even say that we don't do anything traditional. We just there. Uh, I've got a very large extended family, but we don't. We're scattered all over the place, and we don't always travel. So, as an example, this year it's me and my parents, and I think maybe my uncle. Um, but that's it. Um, I, I'm trying to think back, um, and I, I I've thought about this for a little while. I'm trying to think like what what is like a, a meal that the mom breaks out at at, at Thanksgiving. And I can't think of anything that is maybe specific to Thanksgiving, like as like a holiday recipe. Uh, but one thing that she does do, which um, I don't know if we'll have it uh, uh, this year or not, um, as a as an aside to like the turkey and cranberry sauce and stuffing and, and all that good jazz. Um, a, a, a home favorite is stuffed um, stuffed shrimp. And uh, if you don't know what stuffed shrimp is, and I don't think it's like a home recipe. I don't think it's like a, my mom made it. I'm sure she didn't. Um, but it's just it's just little shrimps, and then she takes like um, I think it's like stovetop stuffing, like not as it's cooked stuffing, but she just takes it without putting the water, and she shoves that into like the the shrimp ass, or I don't know where it goes in the shrimp, but it goes in the shrimp somewhere, and then. Uh, she she cooks those up and they're they're delicious and they don't really belong at Thanksgiving. But if I don't have any this this weekend, I think that works. I'll be, I think that plays. First off, it's stuffing. I guess the stuffing. It's stuffing. I guess so the that's stuffing always that's yeah. always in play. And 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 if you get outside of the Midwest, uh, I don't know why you would want to, but you know it's possible. Uh, people are putting like seafood in in stuffing already like like the oysters and stuffing is a thing i don't get that i think those people should be locked up but you know it's a thing that happens uh so so i think i think this i think that place i, th- I think that qualifies that's a, a fair uh, answer all right cool that's a fair answer then i'm okay with it all right charlie what about you uh, oh i'm i'm just it's funny imagining like this uh Tiny little shrimp getting stuffed like a turkey. <laughs> um, but, I was, yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, that seems that seems very labor <laughs> yeah, intensive. Very complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I my family uh, started a tradition like I don't know five, six years ago with doing pot pies. Um, so my dad and mom will Genius. make like homemade bread for the pot pie and very tasty. But. Uh, uh, myself, I don't have like any. Well, I I became vegetarian like a decade ago or so, so I now I just am all about the sides, uh, <laughs> and luckily there's enough in almost every Thanksgiving meal. Like there's way more sides than you can ever uh, have, <laughs> so I'm usually okay. Nice, but I'll I'll maybe bring a tofurkey or something too. I'm I, I'm. Uh, I am almost the opposite of vegetarian, uh, and, and I could still do all sides. Just, just that. I'd be fine with that. that mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, I'm gonna. I, I've got you both beat, um, and, and I'm just gonna warn both the assembled panel and the people at home that you will likely be horrified by the end of this description. So I'm just, just letting letting people know. So there is a family dish that has been around for most of my life i would say it was one of those where it was it was made out of a one of those what 
uh, you know, this kind of satiric, you wouldn't call them satirical now or at the time, but people are kind of treat them satirical now. Those like 50s cookbooks that just look horrific. Uh, like just just weird ass um, dishes to things, so I'm pretty sure this recipe originally came from there. But uh, over time, my grandmother modified it uh, to the point that it it, it I, ended, I ended up liking it so much it was named after me uh, when she submitted it to a competition that she ended up winning in the local Southwest Minnesota newspaper, uh, and so she won twenty bucks. So it was forever wow. forever immortalized uh, as Evans Cucumber Salad. What? And what the cucumber salad is, it is not like what you would expect. Uh, so what you do is you take you take cucumbers, obviously, and onions, and you dice them up real thin, or you know, real finely. And then you put that in a, a mixture of, and this is, and again, this, brace yourself, kids, a mixture of mayonnaise. Uh, excuse me, Miracle Whip. It should be Miracle Whip, but mayonnaise works in a pinch. Miracle Whip and lime jello. Sir, I need you to stop. I knew the jello was sir, coming. Yeah. Sir, I knew it. Sir, <laughs> I need you to stop. <laughs> it is it is it, it, it is a lovely pastel green. It's an abomination green. what you just said. It it is an abomination, <laughs> but it's a delicious one. And uh, yes, the uh, mid- Midwestern uh salad so-called where yes. they just throw in a couple vegetables to make it not a dessert for some yeah, reason. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But yes, it is something I look forward to every year and uh, it is it is uh, my, my wife refuses to make it because she is a right-thinking person. Like I have I have no illusions to the horror that is that is the cucumber salad, but I still enjoy it mightily. I I have a problem with you <laughs> <laughs> with me personally with you, just with, as a person with, as just as a, this changes everything this is this is this is like this is like learning that that this is like learning that you're adopted this changes everything i don't know what to, i don't know i don't know if i can i don't know if i can keep doing this with you man You've you've threatened to quit every episode, so I mean, it's and I'll continue to, to. I'll continue to. Yes, I have no other prospects. As you should. I'm not going anywhere, Evan. You're the only one that tolerates me. Well, <laughs> well you know, the the checks from Adam help with that. <laughs> Thank so, goodness. <laughs> it's, it's it's like getting money from the state. It's just like yeah, we're gonna, you know, you just you're doing you're doing the uh, the city a service, so we're oh, gonna Jesus. give you a little bit of money, <laughs> a little kickback. Let's talk about what we've been playing here. I have a feeling we're going to talk a fair amount about God of War, so we'll save that to the end because both both Birdo and I are playing it, uh, and we talked a little bit about it on uh, Megadad's live, and so we'll try not to rehash some of that. Um, but uh, but I want to give Charlie a chance to talk because not only is he is he dealing with student prototypes and things like that, but you know he's got his own game coming out, uh, which I'm assuming we can we can await the video version of it any day now. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, um, so Four Humors is my board game that uh, is just came out uh, through Adam's Apple Games. And, yeah, it was a long process, but we had our release party on Sunday. So, yeah, it's out in stores now. Very exciting to – I kind of held off on playing it for a really long time because, well, for one, pandemic. But also I was like, I want to save it till I get the actual printed version in my hands 
but yeah so playing four humors um playing my student prototypes like you're mentioning uh, my students are working on their final projects right now for the semester which is super fun to see like what can these students come up with just uh out of their imaginations and um yeah what uh so yeah video game wise i've pretty much on the lighter side of things lately uh but i thought one to bring up which would be fun is uh the game daddish because uh, it's about a dad radish and which is already an excellent name um but the it's an app game and just a cute like pixel 2d game and the most hilarious parts are just the little sassy children turnip or radishes that you're trying to save so you get yeah, to... I think I think that would that would cause some questions if the children were turning. <laughs> yeah, mm. you have listen. Adopted. You have no place to speak on weird things involving children when you have RimWorld on your playlist. So I want to hear <laughs> nothing from you as well, it relates as I'm, it relates to this. I'm I'm, I'm not Good. casting aspersions. I'm I was just it's it's one it's one thing it's one thing to have. A, a vegetable based you know family simulator like Dadish, and it's another thing to postulate an entire vegetable based mm-hmm. adoption agency <laughs> where a dad could get turnip children a radish mm-hmm. dad could could adopt turnip children it's just there's a level of there's a level of society that I, I I'm not sure I'm ready to accept mm-hmm. in the vegetable kingdom that's that's all I'm saying I ma- I imagine I imagine vegetables are very anarcho syndicalist I'm just, you know, that that could be just me though. They do play around in the dirt a lot, so yep. Hey, there you go, <laughs> there you go. That's that is the most backwards way to get a Monty Python reference in this show. <laughs> yes, that we did we've it. Ever done? That's impressive. Yeah, we did it. We, you know, thank you, Charlie, for the alley oop on that one. <laughs> so, so I'm looking at I'm looking at at Dadish here. It looks adorable, like you said. Uh, look, there's a there's a handful of these. There's looks like three games right now. Oh yeah, I guess Available? I have only played the first one, but uh, I'm excited now that I know there's. It looks three like of only them. The, the, the. It looks like the first one's on Steam, uh, but the other two are app only because I'm seeing two and three on mm. on the app stores. Oh, so maybe I played number uh, two. Yeah, I, I don't so, know. I don't know what the difference is. It, it's uh, is is two in a dream world? Is that is that <laughs> no? That's that's Mario <laughs> Brothers. No, that's not it. Um. So, like, so it's a platformer. Is you mentioned the the kids? Is it? Is it? Are you like escorting the kids? No, around like what? What is the what is the deal? Well, the the beginning of the game is your children go out and they're having all these adventures in the world, and they've gotten themselves into some bad situations, and you have to go save them, and all the enemies are like uh, fast food, a burger, fries, all sorts of things. And so yeah, I'm seeing in the really image for Dad is just, there's like a beatnik burger. Oh yeah. Yep. So um really it's just like kind of classic platformer stuff, but you get to the end of the episode and save your little radish child and they have something sassy to say back to you. Um so, so it's just really funny cute game. Great soundtrack. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the uh, the Google Play description, and for Dadish Three, it says when his kids board a bus for a suspicious field trip, 
and kids just don't get on random buses. That's just a that's just a bad bad way to go. Uh, Daddish sets off, sets off to find them before they're turned into radish soup. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's kind no of good. dark. That's no good, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know it's 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 funny how you just turn the characters. It, you know, it, it, Disney's another good example of this. Like if you if you turn the characters non-human, you can tell really dark ass stories. <laughs> yeah, you know apparently. it's like oh, yo here here's here's a show about you know cooking children, but it's okay because they're vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know we we can we can make we can make a, a you know a Holocaust reference, but it's okay because they're toys. You know, it's, 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 there's something weird about that, that I think needs to be examined by smarter people than us. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's off-putting. Hey, listen, you have to save your kids or they will literally be eaten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause we, we... by some guy who took him on a bus. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this is, this is Dahmer the video game, but because they're radishes, it's cute and fun. <laughs> it's kind of, it kind of <laughs> is. Now you mentioned the soundtrack. And we've mentioned that you're a composer. Have you done much, uh, Charlie, in the realm of video game soundtracks? I have, yeah. I, I mostly work for uh, just friends, um, and I'm doing mostly like chiptune style, so kind of these retro 2D pixel art games. Um, Will Tice, Untied Games. Uh, he's one of my good friends from way back, and also uh, Ananda Gunaratni. So he did the game Ice Words. That's another one that just came out. But mm. yeah, I love making chiptune music and video game music because, like, as opposed to in my film scoring, it's usually like they don't want a really prominent melody or anything because it's kind of that's the trend in film scores lately is like music that you don't really pay attention to as much. It's meant to be like supplemental. But like video game music, at least, um, you know, like these retro games always have something catchy. So that's why I love writing for those. As opposed to, I don't know, like maybe some AAA games are like, well, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think on some of the games you've been playing, like God of War, like soundtrack wise. I mean, I'm sure they're epic, but um, like <laughs> melodies the, the, and stuff, or do you feel like it's more it, like film scores? So I get so right. I play the, the a lot of the games that I play. Most of the games that I play are are like are those are those big uh, cinematic epics, right? God of War, Horizon, uh, Last of Us. You know, um, the PlayStation kind of style of of a video game. That's that's really what draws me. Uh, Final Fantasy and stuff like that. And because these are big kind of story-driven, big, sprawling epics, open world or, or, or otherwise, um, they they lean toward that um, cinematic uh, orchestral kind of feeling to them. And, and, it, and it does. It, it acts... The Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of overplayed at this point, and I'm kind of out post-Endgame, uh, uh, but that music that plays in the background of like those battle scenes and, and even in God of War, when you hit like some of these um, really um, impactful story beats and the music's got kind of in the background and then it kind of, it, it swells and it, it adds to that, that feeling of gravitas and importance and I need to pay attention. And um, so just by nature of the type of games that I play, most of them have that, that cinematic kind of 
feeling to it, you know, full orchestra kind of kind of cinematic or, or, or um, soundtracks. Um, but then I think back to like uh, my, my childhood and even hell, the ringtone on my phone is is the is the chip tune from Tetris, like the original Tetris, like when you when, when you're about to uh, die, like at, at the top of the stage and the, and the music kicks in, it gets really, really fast. That's my ringtone like that. That that sound just resonates with me to my core. Um, and then for for certain contexts, I have the, the Contra soundtrack because those those that kind of chippy tune sound is just a it's it's iconic and b it just it every every time someone calls me which is rare i don't you know people text now and, and, and whatnot but when i get a phone call and i don't pick it up right away because i'm like oh i'm taken i'm taken back to 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 my my childhood <laughs> uh when i hear those those 8-bit kind of chiptune uh sounds specifically you know Tetris and Contra and, and and whatnot, and I I'll find myself just humming randomly the Mario theme like Super Mario World and, and Mario Three, like for no reason, just they're, they're catchy ass tunes. Whereas ask me to try to hum like the the rhythm to like God of like the God of War soundtrack or like you know Horizon or these other games, and it's just you can't you can't they can't they're great in the moment, but. I don't remember them. I know that when I'm playing these games, these big orchestral sounds are amazing, right? And they 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 bring you into to the moment. But I don't. Ten seconds later, I don't remember what it sounded like. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Thirty thirty years later, I can tell you the Tetris sound. I can tell you the Contra sound. I can tell you Super Mario, you know, soundtracks. So, um, I wonder how much of that comes from, and both in terms of your experience and also from the writing point of view comes from the repetition of things so and what i mean by that is people have the you know you mentioned the tetris and the contra and and when i think of of video game soundtracks like that i'm thinking you know the mario like everyone knows that the mario underground theme you know it's like every but a lot of the reason why we remember that not just not just because they're they're good songs but because we've played those levels hundreds of times and Whereas with like a God of War, you're not going to play a particular section over and over and over and over and over again to the point where the song is going to stick in your head anyway. So it's almost like it had, it's got a different function, you know, back when they were making the music for, uh, for the, the 8-bit consoles and things like that. And, and to a lesser extent, the arcades, you had to make a song that you'd be willing to listen to a thousand times. And so it, it paid to have that little catchy melody and something that you can at least kind of wrap your head around. Where, like, like Charlie, like you mentioned, now that games, a lot of games are going more that cinematic route, it's serving a different purpose. It, it's, it's, it's about, it, it, it's, a, it's a different but parallel purpose in a way, where it's like, it's complementing the action, but whereas the old school, it was complementing the gameplay now the songs are complementing the story or, or the narrative or, or whatever it, the emotional beats it's hitting. So it's like, it's almost like it's, it, they're serving different masters now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that's interesting too, I've found when I'm composing these scores that are repeated over and over and over again, it's almost like you don't want to make it too catchy or like too, poppy i guess because people do tend to get sick of it after a certain amount of time and so i find like (laughs) i can get away with some even like weirder dissonant things 
that eventually sound good because you've heard it so many times. So I, I'll sure. try to throw in like some weird notes every so often and they get more addicting. It's like, yeah, extra spice. See, this just just... This just justifies everything I know about composers. You're just throwing notes at things. It's, you know, <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's sometimes it is. <laughs> he just yeah. he's just throwing stuff in there. Like there'll be a weird reference that no one's going to get. He'll just throw the brown note in there, kind of randomly in a song, and just see if. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, I if I if I had that power, <laughs> I, I don't think I could. With great power comes great responsibility. My knowledge of, of, of film composition is limited to special features of DVDs where they show the orchestra. They show John Williams in front of the orchestra and they got the movie playing in the background and all of that. When you're composing, are you playing the game at the time or are you looking at it almost like as a separate thing where it's like, I just want to make a good song. Like it might, you might have the notes about kind of the general feel, but you're not like playing the game. Right, yeah. I, I'm usually never playing the game as I'm composing. Whereas, like, yes, when I'm writing a film score, the timing's got to be perfect. I'm always playing to the seeing the visuals, um, which is, yeah, I, I guess I forget about that. It's a very different process. So, um, I, yeah, this isn't meant to be. Uh, this isn't meant to be like an interview podcast, but. Evan did pose a great question, and and your answer makes me want to dig just a dig just a tiny bit bit deeper. How do you? Because like you said, and I imagine it'd be very difficult to try to play a game as well. You know, try to com- compose for it and write music for it. How do you? How do you get in that? How do you compose music for a game? Like, I, I assume you must see you must if not play it, see it, play or see video of it, and, and to get get a feel for you know, the, what the emotion is supposed to be and whatnot. But what does that process look like? I'm, I am, I'm very curious actually. Yeah. I mean, I usually try to get an early build from the developer and at least some of the art to get like an impression of what the art's going to be like. So and then if I, if I get to play through the levels, I'll be able to see like, Oh, where could be a transition point for like, okay, we're approaching the boss um, so maybe we do this like boss approach music and then we get to the boss's chamber and then we do the boss battle. So I at least know about how long those sections are and like how intense I want to make the music at that point. Um, and for like the retro stuff, I'm relying on some tropes of like, ooh, this is a ice level. Okay, I'm going to make some like sparkly icy sounds or like Ice Words, the game was... Basically, I wanted to do like a Christmas soundtrack because there's ac- actually a Santa that appears, and <laughs> so yeah, it's it's more about just like hitting the the mood uh, than necessarily like timing things exactly. Awesome. Do you ever do you ever work with the on the actual programming side of things, uh, either directly or with the person doing it to 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 handle that kind of thing i i do a little bit of coding myself but for these uh game soundtracks usually i what i do sometimes to make the music a little more interactive the easy way is you you make two or more layers uh, of the same music so you could think like okay this track has more of the drums and bass this track has more of the like keys 
and you can split those out and then i tell the developer like oh you can like fade in and out as you see fit so maybe if you need a little bit more intensity you might fade in the drums and bass and yeah that's like a pretty simple way to get some dynamic music but there are the people who interesting go all out and code in a lot of stuff but yeah yeah if you check out the the composer of, of the the doom games that's some crazy crazy stuff mm. like that that guy that guy's a, a sorcerer of some kind i'm not exactly sure if he's for good or evil but definitely uh de- definitely there's definitely some magic there let's talk about what we've been playing we already talked we've already been talking uh, about dadish and and some of charlie's stuff birdo uh besides god of war uh, I've no- I noticed that you are you've you've now got into Marvel Snap, which is basically oh, a board man. game. Oh man, dude! I am form. so I am, listen. I don't know if if Keith will listen to this episode, but I am mad at him because he talked about it on <laughs> on last month's episode, and I asked him. I said, "Give me the the thirty second elevator pitch. Why I need to care about this." card game this card battler over the other one the, the thousands of other ones on on the apple store or, or whatever and you know is it is it just a bullshit card battle with a marvel skin or is there a hook that makes it interesting and god damn it uh i am playing this thing every single day it's i play it before i go to bed uh when i when i wake up after i you know do morning business and whatever and if i'm laying in bed or before i want to get up like it's too cold to get out of bed i'll browse through through twitter and then i'll go through hive which is the new you know social experiment and then i'll I'll pop on marvel snap and i just i'll do three or four battles there and then uh you know throughout the day i'll there's you know missions or whatever that are on a timer so they refresh every so often and i try to get them all done i try to complete missions i'll i'm experimenting with with different builds um, based off of card abilities um i'm doing one now where uh, it's beneficial to like have my own cards destroyed because then they can like come back uh, empowered and and all this uh, stuff. Uh, I am I'm I'm really really enjoying Marvel Snap as a, as a whole and then the meta game with the different types of um, builds and the different kind of decks you can kind of customize. Um, what I like about it, I mean, besides the, the gameplay, what I like, it's a free-to-play game, right? And normally those are just typically just a kind of turnoff for me. I'm not really into the free-to-play because, you know, at some point there's that cap where you have to start spending money. And while, yes, I'm all for supporting developers, all that kind of stuff, but I don't like it when they feel egregious and, and cheap and, you know, like they're trying to dig into your to, to your wallet. And Marvel Snap's progression system is... It's fantastic. Uh, you you just you level up by by playing, and of course you do, but you you can't buy cards um, that I am able to tell. You can buy this like the season pass, and you can get a card early, um, but at the end of the season, and I think one of the second or, or third season or whatever, um, if you just play the game naturally, you will get all those cards that you would get in the season pass. You just get them at the end. As long as you leveled up enough and you just the game is good enough to make you play, to make you want to play, so that when the last season ended, I just got everything that I would have had to pay for and I didn't pay a dime for it. Um, and you know, level up by by playing, which gets you new cards. And not you get cards in completely random order. So 
cards that I got at level 15, 16, 17, and so forth are not going to be the same cards that, that you get or or Charlie gets or Adam gets or whomever gets. You kind of unlock them in uh, a seemingly random order and they aren't necessarily more powerful. They're just more cards to add to your deck to, you know, to now you open up more customization options. And it's it's a really rewarding system. And I'm a little mad at myself for being so enamored with this mobile game because I don't if you'd asked me a month ago, do you play mobile games? No, absolutely not. I don't have any installed. And now I have one on the front like screen of my phone. And I play it every single day. And it's 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 fantastic. Have you, did you try it? Did you try it based off of, uh, off of Keith's recommendation? I assume you did not. I had already played it. I had already played it. How do you feel uh, about so... it? How do you feel about it uh, in, you know, now? Do you, do you still? It was fine. It was fine. I think. I think part of the problem was is, is and I, and I think Charlie can also relate to this. It reminds me so. Like you, you said it was like, is this just something with a Marvel skin? And for someone that plays as many board games as I do and card games, it feels like it's a Mar- Marvel skin on an existing game. Uh, it, it, if you've ever played the the card game Smash Up, it's a very similar system. Uh, in terms of, you know, you've got the three locations that you can play cards and they interact with each other and all that. I mean, it's there's definite tweaks. It's not just a reskin, um, but it, it 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 owes a lot of the design to, to that smash up idea. And so that combined with there wasn't much, you know, when I play these games, I'm looking for more of a story or at least more of a progression kind of thing. And it just it just didn't hook me uh, quite as, as strongly as it did other people. So it's it's always interesting to see which games hook people and why. For like, because I, I I'd be willing to bet that that Birdo, you've never you've never heard of Smash Up. Uh, that is accurate. And so so for you, this is and and this is going to sound more condescending than I wanted to. So I'm just going to apologize in advance. For you, <laughs> this is like this new cool thing. And and for people that have been, have played Smash Up or similar games, because you know Smash Up's got its own bunch of knockoffs uh in the board game world it's it's less interesting so we're coming at it from okay what what does this bring new to the game and and for some people you know the marvel skin is more than enough you know that's and i i don't i don't the the nice thing is is that i, I the game is good enough where i don't think less of people that like it <laughs> you know like like i see what i see the appeal i see why someone would be really into this it's just i it, i it didn't it didn't hook me quite as as hard as it did you or keith charlie do you know anything about this game uh i was just looking it up no i don't really um but i do like the idea that you it's not all about just like paying to buy new cards that sounds i do like that too yeah yep. and... if you if you have any inkling of uh how do i say this if you uh enjoy like card card games and like deck building and any and you've mentioned i, I somebody mentioned slay the spire earlier um where you can customize your, your customize your deck and, and whatnot if you have if you derive any enjoyment from that style of like gameplay and the and, and the matches are like a minute to a minute and a half maybe tops um as a free-to-play game what i it, i would suggest trying it I tried it and regret it only in the sense that now I play it every single every <laughs> single day. Uh, it's you know now I have 
now I have like a new listen. If if I've already read everything there is to read on Twitter and and read it, I have a new thing to do when I'm when I'm sitting in the bathroom for twenty five minutes. I play like nine <laughs> nine rounds of, of Marvel Snap, you know. So, uh, yeah. I if you if you have any level of enjoyment from those types of games, um, and yeah, the Marvel the Marvel skin is definitely a nice touch. I, I don't think it would be as successful without without that. Um, I don't I don't know what other properties would would really work in. For, for, for this and obviously Evan you, you named one but like a, a property that people already have an established um, like fan base and, and, and love of Star Wars maybe um, the the characters really lend themselves to like the the, the combat abilities for each for each character seemingly like they make sense to me and it's just I don't know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying it Um in fact, between between that and and, and God of War uh, Ragnarok, which I don't want to necessarily jump to just just yet, uh, I have so little time for the third game uh, on my list, which I was really looking forward to playing and, and still am. But now I just I, I can't I can't find time for it until I you just can't do it. I can't find time for it until I get done because I'm not playing God of War. I don't want to play another air quotes like real video game. So I'm just playing God of War and then Marvel Snap, and then that's that's basically it. Uh, so, uh, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say about Marvel Snap. I, I do, I do want to talk a little bit about Pentiment, uh, just because you sort of mentioned it and, and I think we'll, we'll play it. We'll, we'll talk more about it next month because, mm-hmm. uh, I literally just found out that it is not Xbox exclusive. Like I thought it was cause I, I had written it off as oh it's just something i'm not gonna play because it's xbox and it's, i don't have an xbox but i do see it's on pc now, yes so. it is it is xbox console uh, exclusive um but it is it is yes. on pc and that's how i'm playing it. i'm playing it on pc what i i saw the initial reveal trailer for it and that was that is all i saw i purposefully avoided anything and everything about it and it wasn't until review stores start review scores started coming out that i saw everybody just showering this game with praise and it is deserved ish it's not a 10 out of 10 it's not a <laughs> 9 out of 10 if i was scoring games and i don't score games if i were it's like a really good eight um i'm i'm several hours in i'm quite a few hours into it um, it is a longer game than i would have imagined and i think that lends to its detriment in that it is a very slow game and that's not necessarily a bad thing the initial trailer and i don't know if it's just my misinterpretation of the trailer maybe maybe everybody knew it but me going into it i i love i like um story games i like um what's what i'm looking for uh where you um oh what's the genre that i'm thinking of uh uh, where you have to read every, 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 everything. There's a whole genre for it. I can't think what it's called. Um, but anyways, it's that. There is no, there's no voice acting. And that's not that it takes away from a game. Some of the, my favorite games of all time, these story-driven games are all dialogue boxes. Um, the old Final Fantasies, you know, same thing. But this is a very slow-to-get-going game and it is carried, at least for me, by um, the aesthetic. It is just aesthetically extremely, extremely pleasing. Um, and because there's no gameplay, it is just it is a interactive story 
um, like the gameplay is clicking on on different things and, and reading what the character interactions are. Um, it took quite a while for it to. I I was very close to giving up on it in, in the first couple of hours because it took a while to get to the part of the story where it's like, okay, now I really now need to follow this and 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 see where this this thread um, goes. Um, and and it's and it's good. It's just. I really have to be in the mood to sit down and uh, and just and read. So it's not like a game where like God of War, I can sit down and play for three, four hours at a time, four or five hours at a time without without a break. I, I just easy. But Pentiment is because of how it's designed and because of it's 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 slower in, in nature. Uh, I can't play it for long stretches of time. I, I think this would be a great uh, Switch game. I, it's a shame that it's not on, on the Switch because um, I think it would be really, really good at home there. We just kind of lay in bed, you play it for a little bit, and then you put it down and you go to bed. Um, or, you know, on a commute if, you, if, if you're somebody who can, you know, who has like a commute to, to and from work or whatever. Um, but I can only play it for like an hour, hour and a half, maybe tops, before I'm just like, okay, I, I can't I can't read anymore. As engrossing as the story may or may not be, I just I can't read anymore. And then now because of Marvel Snap, I'm only playing Marvel Snap and God of War anyway. So it, it is a great game. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy it. I am very curious to see where this kind of story goes. Um, I love I think the setting is fantastic. The characters are are, are really, really well well written. Um, there is it's it's very much a, a, an RPG from the sense that um, the the main character you are playing that character, which means you make decisions that do impact how other characters see you, and and your decisions have an impact. Uh, at least as far as I can tell, your decisions and your responses to to dialogue questions, uh, a impact future conversations with people, and also impact kind of how the story you know plays out. Um, I have already pissed off quite a few. Uh, folks, and now they won't interact with me. And I don't know because I haven't read any reviews. I've, I've seen the scores, but I haven't read the reviews, so I don't know. Am I based off of how I'm interacting with people? Am I am I chopping off you know different story bits or future communications or um, quests, air quotes, um, because of how I've interacted with certain people? So it's a it's a great game. It's it's not a ten out of ten. It's in my opinion, it's far it's far from it. Like I said, it's, it would hover closer to around an eight, um, if if it was me doing the review. Um, I, I recommend it, but you. I, I'm looking at the art right now, and they wow, they went like really um, traditional medieval. It's like, gorgeous. They nailed it. It's <laughs> it's set in fifteen hundred fifteen hundred Bavaria, uh, and the dialogue is written in in, in that way, and each. Um, class, right? You get the upper class, middle class, lower class, peasants, and, and and the church and whatnot. And each class, you, there's an option where you can toggle this off if you if you don't like it. And I and I did toggle it off because it was hard for me to read because my eyes suck. Um, they use different fonts for each like class. So like the 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 bishop and the and the and the church have this. Um, I don't know how you would describe the font, but it looks like something you would see. Like if you were very gothic, it's it, it what's well, all very gothic, but it's um, it's very cool. It's a very it's a very. The, I love the aesthetic. It's it's for me. It was the initial selling point was that it's so different. It doesn't look like every. I love God of War. I love all those Sony games, 
a lot of them, the art direction looks kind of samey, right? It's it's this realistic interpretation of a of of a, of a person, and it, this is how it looks, and it's it's mo capped, and it looks and it looks fantastic. But the the art style of this game is just Pentiment is beautiful. It is a it is a storybook, and it's a storybook that that you interact with, and 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 it well it doesn't read to you. You you read it and you interact with it, and it's it's very unique in that way, and. There's, I haven't played anything that looks like this game. Um, I do wish they would have they would have gone and gotten some voice acting, if not the main protagonist. You know, you can, you can have the silent protagonist if some of the other characters maybe may, maybe speak. I don't know. Um, I, I, I like it. You really have to tell yourself and, and say, I'm going to see this through. Um, it's a cheaper game. I don't I don't I think I think I paid 19 bucks for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's twenty bucks on Steam. Right how now. much? Bucks twenty. Yeah, so that Steam. sounds that sounds right. And I don't think that's. I think that's the. I don't think it's a sale price. I think that's what it costs. So yeah, is, is it is it worth it? A- absolutely. Um, but I would temper expectations. And again, I didn't read any reviews because I didn't want have have anything spoiled for me. I just saw everyone said it's perfect. It's ten. It's you know nine point five, and it's just for me. For me, it's not. Um, it doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. It's just. It's it's not it's not gonna be in my game of the year <clears throat> contendership by any stretch of the imagination. And if you like that art style, might I recommend a game uh, called Four Humors? <laughs> yeah, the, well, it it's fun seeing um, Pentiment do it because when I was doing, I did the art direction for Four Humors too, and we were debating about like how authentically medieval we wanted to do, and I was thinking like, oh, should we try this like? Um, we ended up going like a little bit more cartoony, a little more modern based on our illustrator too. Um, but tried to do like all these goofy things of like rabbits being actually vicious, uh, which <laughs> is a Monty Python thing, but it's also like, <laughs> you, you see it in the old medieval manuscripts oh, too, yeah. where the some rabbits of, some are of those, like killing people. Yeah, so. <laughs> some of, some of those some of those manuscripts have some bonkers stuff. I, like there there's like a whole run of of uh, things where it's like snails attacking people. Like oh, giant yeah. <laughs> like giant snails attacking people and uh yeah, when you're when you're a monk stuck in a a poorly lit uh stone room about the size of most people's closets for years on end, you start to go a little loopy. <laughs> and yeah. So yep. no, this is this is super cool. I kind of wish it was on Switch because this this strikes me as would be perfect for a mobile game. Although there is a lot of text, so it might be a little hard to read. So maybe maybe Switch not so much, but you know we'll see. Yeah, I'll probably check it out though. I, I uh, would this next. I, I uh, would. It's it's yeah. it's a good game. You it just... seems like right up my alley too. Yeah, it's a long and it's game. Obsidian uh, who did Fallout New, Fallout New, ba- New Vegas, and they've done a bunch of other great uh, RPGs. So I've I've every expectation that this is fantastic. The writing is stellar. It just like I said, it 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 definitely takes a little. The the early hours are slow, and you you push through it. And I'm getting to that point now where, and again, I'm I'm kind of on a pause until I finish God of War, but. Um, it mm. is it is is very good. You just got to get to it. And I don't normally recommend games that you have to play for several hours before it gets good. But this one is by the nature of what it is, you got to get through that kind of introductory period, and it really lays out what the game is for you. And then that that story really kind of kicks in and and pulls you the rest of the way. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it how it unravels. But um, yeah, 
It's good. It's a good game. I recommend it. I do, and it would be fantastic on Switch. I think. Mm-hmm. So let's. We're already running long, but I do want to talk a little about God of War uh, because we did. We did talk about it on Mega Dad's live, uh, so you can probably hear that. And you know, my thought. I have not played it very much since we recorded that, so I, my thoughts really have not changed about it. Uh, to to summarize for people that that don't listen, although it's a fun show, you should listen. Uh, I think. For for me, the 2018 God of War is is just a little bit better. I, I think in terms of the actual gameplay, the storyline is really good. The acting is outstanding. Uh, I, I've I've said this many times, and I will continue to say it. Whoever decided to make Richard Schiff Odin knee is not paid enough. They need to be paid more because uh, that is such a genius casting in a. You know, I, I'm a huge Richard Schiff fan from West Wing and, and all of that stuff. And just that is such a it's a bonkers choice, but it works. And he plays Odin so slimily and you just want to punch him. And like because you can see from the outside, he's like this guy is a is just an asshole. Um, but you can also see why he's very convincing to the people he's talking to and so it's 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 wonderfully played and all the acting is is outstanding um but you know it's not it's not a perfect game uh by any stretch uh i think uh the 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 one thing i didn't mention on on megadad's live that that i find interesting about it is that and this could be just me being old or whatever but the difficulty of it is weirdly uneven in the sense that it, you know, I, I, I played God of War, the 2018 version, you know, platinumed it, you know, did all that, you know, killed all the Valkyries, did all that stuff. Uh, and the, there was definitely a lot of hard battles in that first one. It feels like the story stuff, like the story beats and, and the main quest is much easier than 2018. And if you listen to a lot of the the complaints about it, uh, especially in terms of the uh, like the puzzle solving and like the stuff you need to do to just make it through the story, it seems a lot easier. But the extra stuff, the stuff you have to do to, to collect all the you know all the flowers and kill all the berserkers and all that stuff, those feel so much harder than 2018, like like ridiculously so. And some of it is just unforgiving gameplay, and some of it I think is not the best design gameplay. So it's, it's, it's weirdly uneven when it comes to that stuff. And, and, and it, which makes a lot of sense to me. Cause we've talked a lot on this show about the audience for these kinds of games. And so, and they're obviously going very, ma- they want to be this to be very mainstream. So it's like, they want people to be able to play that story in a relatively, you know, a relatively mindless fashion, but like a much, a much more easygoing way. And for the, the hardcore people, the people that want to collect everything, the people that want to really stretch that combat system as hard as they can, they've upped the difficulty for that. So for those people, and I think it's a really smart way to do it, but it's also really interesting for people like me where I do want to do everything, but I also suck. So, so, so it's, 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 I'm finding it much more difficult. Some, some of those fights, but again, it could be just, I'm just, you know, three, four years older than I was when I played it. And, and I've had a kid since then. And that dulls your senses. Uh, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree at face value, but I am going to disagree a little bit. Um, first of all, uh, as somebody who doesn't have all the free time in the world and wants to enjoy these games, 
I will tell you right now, uh, especially in the sense that I, I have to collect all the trophies and the PlayStation exclusive if I play it. I mm -hmm. have to platinum it. Yeah, um, me too. And because there's no difficulty trophy, because um, I won't, I, I won't go after games um, that have them as far as the platinum is concerned. Um, I, it's not, I'm not playing on like baby mode, but I will play on on normal or or, or easy, um, so I can enjoy. Because again, I, I play these games. Gameplay is king, yes. But I, I'm here for the story. I want to know what. Um, what the developer or the yeah, what the developer is trying to tell me? What is the story you want you want to share um, over 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 thirty or forty or however many hours it's going to take me to play this game? And um, so what I have found is the the you know the combat arenas they're not I haven't found any difficulty. In fact, I think I've died maybe three or four times in the entire game. And when I've done that, it's been uh, on the they're not Valkyries in this game. There's another term for them, but the the the, the berserkers. Yeah, those things. And 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 they tell you like, listen, this is probably higher level than than you are. You should probably play it a bit more and then come back and do this. You know, at the end of mm -hmm. the game when you've unlocked all these different skills and upgraded your armor and, and all this kind of good stuff, um, which is the same thing with the Valkyries. I did that at the end of the game for the for the same reason. Um, so those fights, yeah, those fights are absolutely brutal, and I think they're intended to be. Um, but as far as like your regular um, storyline boss slash mini boss encounters, I haven't had uh, um, any real stretch of, of, of difficulty. Now, some of the puzzle-like mechanics, as you mentioned, like to get the, the, the shrines and whatnot, there have been a few where I have just gone you know, 10, 10 minutes of walking around in a circle trying to figure out what the hell, why can't I find the third brazier that I have to light to get this freaking thing because I'm <laughs> yeah. here. I'm not going to come back to it later because I won't find it later. I just want to get it now. And I, I haven't used any gu like guides or anything like that. And when, when I find the solution, I get mad because it's not like, oh, that was really clever and it was just me being stupid. It was just like, no this is a poorly designed puzzle in my opinion mm -hmm. and it was it was dumb and i'm mad that i spent 15 minutes trying to get this thing for some scrap you know upgrade thing that i'm not going to use anyways but because i'm a completionist i need it because i'm going after the trophy which tells me i have to get all these damn things anyways um so it, i i understand the frustration from that point but as far as difficulty gameplay wise uh i i haven't and not not negating your feelings on it but i haven't noticed it um, but yeah, some of the puzzle type elements, you know, the the chests and the the collectibles and stuff like that. So, like, well, but th that's that's what I'm saying. Is I think I think the base story is is fairly simple, big combats and and things like that. Th those parts are are designed for people that just want to get through the story. It's that is the extra stuff that it, it, I, I'm saying. There's an imbalance between them. Oh yeah, I can and, see and, that, and 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 a much more marked one than than I think the, the previous God of War. Like, that was... Um, like, those Valkyrie fights were, were annoying as hell. Uh, but uh, but they were but but you you got through them. Some of the some of the berserker fights, especially the ones where it's multiples of them uh, at, at the same time, those are just just not like they take longer to load than they do to fight before I die. You know, it's, I've, only done, I've only done two, and they were brutal, um, and they took me yeah quite quite a few quite a few retries um, to to get them to get them done. Uh, what a game like this needs, and I and I think it was Tomb Raider, the most recent of the Tomb Raider reboot. I think it was Tomb Raider had multiple difficulty options for gameplay, 
uh, and yeah. puzzles. They had like a different slider. Like the puzzles would be easier. I don't know what they mm-hmm. did. I don't know if it like highlighted things for you. I, I don't know what the difficulty slider did for those. Well, there there is something like that in God of War. I know uh, it's not specific. You can it's an accessibility option, and you can have it highlight. Yeah, things, but it's, it's not necessarily a difficulty slider where you can just. What I, no, what I was gonna say is there is a slider. I don't know where it is in the in the options, but it's basically on the more timing based puzzles. They will extend the, mm. the the fun zone basically, so that you know you're 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 not having to. You know, for people that aren't the super quick twitch kind of mentality, it gives you some more leeway on that front. Um, but no, you're right. I th- I think it was Tomb Raider. I think you're right that it, that it was. Uh, they had different difficult. You could set different difficulties for the combat and and for the puzzles and and, and stuff like that. So, I I think you know I'm in, like I said I'm enjoying it. I'm about 35 hours into it right now, and I'm at a point where I'm kind of I think I've unlocked all of the tools like like where i can do everything that's out there um like i've unlocked the different things that let you access all of the areas and things like that so i'm like i'm kind of going through the areas that i've unlocked and and you know cleaning up collectibles and stuff like that um before i move too much further but it's a uh, you know it, it's enjoyable i'll probably play it after we're done recording here um just because i don't want to start up RimWorld again because <laughs> i Charlie, I'm I'm curious. I, I know right now you're into murdering radish children or you know preventing them from being cooked and eaten. Um, are you uh, are you a fan of of like the the God of War you know type style of a uh, 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 gameplay? I know you're not playing anything like that right now, but um, do you do you have a history of of those 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 kinds of games and uh, what which ones stick out uh, to you? Um, I haven't actually played God of War. Um, so I don't have much to contribute on that front, but I, I was more of a Nintendo guy growing up. Um, I still have my N64 here, so yeah. Um, like when you, when yeah. you, pl- when you play mainstream guess, games, like, or do you even play mainstream games? Like, like, or not, ma- mainstream is, might not be the right word, but like the, the, triple A big budget games. Uh, honestly, I don't really that often. I just, uh, mostly been board games, uh, for me the last Eight, seven eight years um i think it's more you're, you're, i was gonna say you're, you don't you're not getting the big sweeping scores on board games i know it yeah, just means true. that you need to play <laughs> no it just means you play a soundtrack on 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 like pandora while you're playing said board game when yeah, i play uh when i played uh yeah. like D or whatever i would put on like uh dragon battle music like i would just search for like D playlist and just play like this, you know, just background music, this really, really epic like background music for no reason, just because it, you know, it adds to it adds to the. I don't know what you would play for in in the background of of like I don't know, Monopoly, but uh, you know, sound of a bank maybe. I don't know. What is because uh, I, I know what you're playing, but as board games are kind of your your go to thing, I, I am curious. Um, outside of the ones that we've already we've already talked about, um, for humors and and whatnot, um. Give me your like. If you're a fan of board games, I recommend this is a this is a board game you need to you need to play. And that's kind of me. kind of vague. Yeah, it's kind of a it's, it's a it's a it's a really big yeah well you know, genre because there's so many subgenres. But yeah, but it's a great question to ask at our the second hour of the it's show. It's okay. I want to I want to ask it, and then we can make it be the last question <laughs> we ask because I don't think we can get to our topics. Today. I'm just giving you shit. Okay, I'll I'll give you at least. Um, one that 
made my friends and I get through pandemic without losing our sanity. Uh, we played The Crew a ton. So that's like, um, if you are a fan of classic trick-taking games like Hearts mm-hmm. or Spades or Euchre, um, the, this is a nice spin on it where it's actually cooperative and you're trying to get, like, say, uh, one player has to get a specific card in their trick that they take um, in order for the crew to win their mission. And then the missions get harder and harder and harder. So so there's like 50 different missions, and we played through all 50 of them. Because, <laughs> like, what else mm-hmm. are we going to do during the pandemic? Um, played it on Tabletop Simulator. Um, so, yeah, the crew is one. Uh, I've also been just liking playing party games again. <laughs> so, like, Wavelength is a really good one that gets us laughing at every party. Um, yeah, what else? Yeah, well, Evan, what are you playing? I, right I don't now, have I don't have friends. That's that why I play video games. You'd recommend? <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I I've got I, I'm in I'm in two different D and D groups right now. Other, than, I mean, board games wise, I I like I said, I mean, between between the pandemic and the kid, I have very little time other than other than D and D right now. Um, but hopefully, we're gonna play board games tomorrow. Actually, a little pre Thanksgiving. Uh, game day i guess so so on that note we're gonna wrap it up we did not talk about god of war as much as i wanted to but like i said check out megadad's live uh it will more than likely be already out by the time this comes out uh, so you can listen to a lot of our thoughts and i'm sure we'll be talking more about it in the future Um, i want to thank charlie mccarran for coming on the show uh despite his hatred of triple a titles and the people that play them I don't think I don't think he said <laughs> oh, no. those words. You're an asshole, Evan. No. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. You know, I may have edited them out in the final edits to make them look a little oh, better. Thanks. But I'm gonna, I'm thanks. gonna, yep. yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call them out. Now. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you, Charlie, for coming on the show again. The, the the new board game is for humors, and it's humors spelled the British way. So add a couple extra U's <laughs> in there randomly. Do you have do you have a website or, or place people could could find your stuff either your music or the games or whatever? Yeah, yeah, just my name dot com. McCarron is M C C A R R O N. But yeah, it's been really fun chatting with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'm I'm always fascinated by video game music because I'm I, I I even even in the, my few brief seconds of ego where I, I acknowledge that I'm not a complete failure at everything. I, I can't say that I'm a musical person in any way. So, so music people are basically sorcerers as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. As always, Birdo is here as well. He's on, he's on the internets as well. Are you, you, uh, I, I, I thought I saw you on, on farmers only now. Is that. I, well, I, I'm, I'm on there as well. So Twitter's on fire. Uh, well, first of all, Charlie, real quick for me, thank you so much for, for joining and, and for being flexible with the schedule. Uh, we both really, really do appreciate it. It's been amazing talking to you and, and learning about uh, your your kind of um, input on, on music and how, how learning about how you kind of compose uh, games is super interesting to me, like that that process. Um, but as for as for me, uh, yes, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, but I as well as about a million and a half people who are who are maybe moving over to this new social media app, Hive, 
Uh, I'm, you can find me on Hive. I hope you do find me on Hive. I'm at Birdo on Hive. So, so please follow me there if you have any interest in, in hearing or, or seeing the rantings of a madman. Otherwise, you can, you can find me always on, on, on Twitter or the Megadads uh, Twitter accounts uh, at Birdo Streams or at the Megadads. Uh, either way, you'll see my face. And then also on the Megadads TikTok, yeah, we do TikTok. We're old folks, but we do TikToks. So at the Megadads on the old TikTok. Uh, so follow us there as well. Uh, I just posted a TikTok about uh, my my little growing Lego uh, collection because I am obsessed with Legos and uh, they're too expensive for me to keep buying. But I, I will take out a loan if I have to because there are some really nice sets that I want to get. So anyways, that's... That's my plug. And as always, we want to direct you to the Megadads Discord as well. We'd love to see those people. And now cleaned up. If you were there before and and were like, why is there 7,000 channels? We, we've cleaned a lot of them up. So so definitely come and join us there. And if, if, you've wanted, if you've wanted to learn more about Pokemon genitalia, this is the place. This is the place. I don't know if that's a. I'm just saying, if you want to, ever, if you want to, all knowledge is all knowledge is optional, to a to a certain degree. So you know, it's uh, and that's the closest thing I've I've come to a, a wise statement. So I'm just going to end on that. Thank you guys as always. Thank you Charlie for coming on. Thank you Birdo for, once again for putting up with me, uh, and and making me sound better. Question mark. Anyway, thank you as always to to the Megadads folks, and uh, we will see you next month. Bye. Megadads Checkpoint is powered by Pants and part of Megadads.org, where the men are men, and that's not saying much. You're going to be really disappointed in me.